You're listening to A Prophet, a collaboration between Sakhlain and Al-Hujja Islamic Seminary. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider becoming our patron by donating at sakhlain.org support. Why did Islam allow polygamy in general? Give me your thoughts. Someone, someone today tells you, you as a Muslim, don't you believe in the Quran and it allows polygamy in certain circumstances? How is that fair? What's the philosophy behind that? What would you respond? Like I have never experienced it myself. <laughs> well, that's a good way to get out of it. But if you really want to address it, what would you say? Yes, brother. Like men were at war. Men went to war. There was no one to care for these women. No one to care for this woman. Good point. Well, men will elaborate on that. That's a good point. What else? Any other ideas? Islam allowed polygamy for several reasons. Very briefly. This is not the point of our discussion, but it's just an intro to why the Prophet married a number of wives. Simply, in a lot of those societies, there were less women who were eligible for marriage than men. No, the other way around. (laughs) There were less men uh, eligible for marriage than women. Why? Two main reasons. One, war. Men would get killed in the battlefield. I remember a lot of those areas were villages, like comprised of 300 people. So 50 men die in a battle, that's what, one-sixth of the whole city? So that leaves a lot of women... Uh, without having the opportunity to marry. So Islam limited by the way polygamy. Arabs would marry 50, 60, 30 depending on how much money they had. Islam said no only four. Some people think Islam increased it to four. No, Islam limited it to four. Also keep that in mind. For these practical reasons, there were less men who were eligible for marriage. So if Islam says monogamy, that means you automatically deny So many women, the chance of ever getting married and having children, is this fair? Practically as a society you're telling, look, you're gonna stay like that till the rest of your life. No kids for you, no family for you, too bad. Is this fair? Islam believed that every woman should have a chance at marriage, should have a chance to have children. And so denying her that chance is an act of injustice. Yes, there should be limits, but that's the idea behind it. Number two, men usually would do physical labor in the past, dangerous jobs, they would get killed doing work, even today. Who does the dangerous jobs today? Factories and construction. Who does it normally? Men. Men usually do the dangerous jobs. So just imagine in the past how this was even more pronounced. So there were always more men dying than women. So naturally, naturally there was an imbalance in the ratio. By the way, even today there's that imbalance in the ratio. I'll tell you how. Not in the number of males and females, it's pretty equal. It's pretty equal, yes. The ratio of men and women in most societies, not China because they had a policy of only one child. So a lot of pregnant women, they'd uh, kill off their female fetuses. So they have more men in China today than women, by the way. But that's because of a political decision. But in most societies, the, the, the ratio is pretty equal. You know, nothing too discernible. Maybe in some societies just a little bit more men, maybe in some societies just a little bit more women, but it's pretty equal. But here's where the imbalance is. Today, single people in America are saying the following, there just aren't enough available 
men in this city and that city where the interview was done so in many cases in many cases there are 1.4 college educated women between the ages of 18 and 30 for every man 1.4 versus 1. remember people naturally marry someone from their same demographics from their same socioeconomic um, background if you consider the number of women in one particular socioeconomic background who are eligible for marriage there are many more women than men so what's going on what's happening is men are mar marrying women but you have an imbalance in their ratio there are thousands and millions of women who don't find the suitable husband for them even today this problem exists even today so not just in the past and so fewer people are getting married because there's a shortage of economic, economically stable single men. That's another factor. Women want men who are economically stable. Well, the number of economically stable men who can marry are less than those available women. So Islam recognized in those times, there were poor men who could not get married. Maybe later in life one day they can, but now they cannot. But there were rich men who did have money they could support. Why would Islam deny them the opportunity to get married and sponsor these women who were eligible? This was unfair to that society. Islam recognized this imbalance in the ratio. You might have a man in society, but he can't get married. He can't. He's a single son to his parents. His hands are tied. He doesn't have any money. The guy's homeless, sleeping on the street. How is he going to get married? Okay. In the meantime, this girl is going to wait. Okay, inshallah, I'll wait maybe 30 years. Maybe you'll get some money. That's unfair. If there's a decent man who's just, remember, there's conditions. He's going to honor her. He's going to deal with justice. He's got the extra money. It's mustahab for him to give that money to that poor guy on the street. Yes, but let's be ideal, you know, realistic. Not everybody's doing that. So Islam, in order to protect these women, because remember a woman who stayed single too long, especially in those societies, became vulnerable. She needed a guardian, protector. Your dad dies, that's it. You're gone. You, you lose your protector. You need a husband. So Islam gave them an opportunity to get married. And that in itself was uh, basically fair. So this is just some background info about polygamy in itself. And by the way, don't think polygamy is um, something that is unique to the religion of Islam. Go look at the Bible and see that the Bible talks about very important biblical figures who were polygamous. The, the Bible, the Old Testament talks about uh, Suleiman, Prophet Suleiman being polygamous, Moses having two wives, many, mother, many other figures in the Bible that are well-respected figures, they were polygamous. So don't say Islam came and invented polygamy. No, polygamy was the norm in the Abrahamic faiths. Islam continued it, but it put limits to it. Solomon had like how many wives according to, I don't know, 700, 2000? 2000, right? Islam put a limit. <laughs> and subhanAllah, it's fascinating how he didn't have children. 2000 women, yet no children. Subhanallah. <laughs> so look at these previous Abrahamic faiths, they pretty much did not put a limit on that. Islam came and put a limit on it. And it imposed tough conditions, such as dealing with them justly. I think it's very important for Westerners to know this context. 
that Islam just came as a natural continuation of the Abrahamic faiths. It put a framework for marriage. The way they're talking about it today, no. Um, you know, Islam is this uh, uh, religion that's going against the norms and it invented polygamy, no. And, and the proof is that there are Christians who believe in polygamy like the Mormons. They fully believe in the scriptures. Their in interpretation is that yes, you, 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 you can be polygamous. They're gaining popularity. Are they changing laws or no? The law is still strict against them, like anti-polygamy laws. Because it's a crime, right? It's, it's there's a penalty or it's punishable. States that are more lenient, right? They they do also lobby there too. So this is not something unique to the religion of Islam. Having said this, my dear brothers and sisters, this brief intro, in our next class, we'll examine the specific reasons why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allowed the Prophet to marry all these wives. There are very interesting reasons behind each of those marriages. And why and how do we address a verse like that? A woman coming and gifting herself to the leader, to the prophet and he accepts and that's okay. You know because that opens a window for people to attack the prophet. Is he a man of desire? What's going on? We'll examine that inshallah.